Hey loves, this is Kate, the creative director of LOM, and I hope you all are taking extra good care during these turbulent times. There are many caregivers in our community who are on the front lines of the COVID-19 crisis, and many more whose lives and livelihoods have been impacted. Know that as an organization, LOM is with you in this moment and hungry to be of service however we can. This past week, LOM editor Kailea Frederick and I organized a four-part workshop series devoted to exploring our workbook, Compassion in Crisis. We talked about preparation and protocol, ancestral resilience, cognitive dissonance, community building, and nourishing the nervous system. It was such a gift to be in conversation with you all through the series, to hear your stories and see your faces, even if it was through a screen. There are many of you who couldn't make the call, however, And so we want to dedicate our next couple of podcast episodes to connecting with artists, activists, and educators who embody the ethos of compassion and crisis. Today, I am really grateful for the opportunity to connect with Taylor Cheney. Taylor Cheney is a new mama, somatically oriented therapeutic counselor, and medicine maker. She is currently pursuing her PhD in women's spirituality, focusing on expanded states and earthling consciousness and lives in occupied Anishinaabek lands of the so-called Upper Peninsula of Michigan. As a body worker and embodiment counselor, Taylor offers resources for connecting to breath and body that are especially needed right now as we navigate the COVID-19 crisis. Taylor, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. My absolute, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for orienting all of us to the importance of compassion during these times. Absolutely. It's so needed. So before we dive into our conversation, I know that you have an offering to share to help us and our listeners ground together. Yeah, thanks. I wanted to use this time and this space to really kind of ground us together um, as we engage in this conversation. And so if you're listening or wherever you are, um, If you have the space or the capacity now or maybe later, um, I invite you to maybe close your eyes or just for a moment, kind of release them from wherever they're focused. And just take a couple moments to notice that you're breathing. However that feels for you right now, just noticing what it's like to be a breathing body. And from here, I'm just going to gently guide us through an experience of using our eyes in two different ways. One way that can be most supportive and nourishing to our systems during these times, and one that can be a bit more focused or um, active during these times, knowing that we're all oscillating between the two. Um, And using this tool as a way to be in conscious choice about how we're using our eyes and our systems. So wherever you are, I just invite you to gently float your eyes open or lift the lids. And first, just let your whole head and your eyes roam around the space that you're situated in right now. Taking in the world around you, whatever that looks like.
And as you're able, just allowing your focus to gently rest ahead of you, whether that's three feet or six feet, whatever lies ahead, letting the gaze really soften so that you're not really looking at anything in particular. And just notice how much you can see as you send your gaze forward. And as you're there, I invite you to start to focus your gaze really directly at something small and pinpointable. And as you do that, just notice what happens maybe to the muscles of your face or to your breath. And continue focusing and then sending your awareness into your whole system, just noticing what happens as you focus so intently on that small point in front of you. And from here, we're just going to start to soften our gaze and open ourselves up. So I invite you, if it's possible, to extend your arms out to the sides of your body, all the way out reaching to the sides. And then start to wiggle your fingers, if that's possible, and move your hands back until you cannot see them in your peripheral vision. So your vision hasn't moved, it's just expanded to noticing the wiggling fingers out at your far extended sides. And then when you just barely can make out their movement, you can release the arms down, but keep your awareness nice and wide to encompass all of that space along the sides, even as you continue to look forward at the same point. So you're just engaging that peripheral vision and really widening your view. As you release yourself back to just observing with those nice wide eyes, again, just noticing what's different in your system. If anything's changed with your breath or with the musculature in your face. From this wide view, as you're noticing, and just a lot of different uh, schools of thought orient toward this kind of view as, as owl eyes, especially in the tracking community. It allows for us to really take in that kind of wide view while still being able to focus. Um, and so just making note for yourself what these owl eyes are offering you and if they feel different than how you usually orient toward the world. Inviting you as you make your way through your days and the weeks to come to really play with this different use of your eyes and see what might be nourishing and in, in expanding your vision this way. Thanks for thanks for journeying along with your eyes and me for those that that's available for. Wow, Taylor, thank you so much for that.
that was the first time today I really felt like I was in my body mm. and feeling my body. And you also just have the most beautiful calming voice. <laughs> so thanks for for offering that. Mm. So Owl Eyes, I feel like it's such a beautiful practice right now for helping us re-see what's in front and, and reconnect to our body. Um, and I'm curious to know, in this time of so much um, upheaval and chaos and crisis, right, when the world that we know is collapsing and there's a possibility for a new world rooted in justice and care for the climate and care for each other to emerge. What kind of practices we can start to cultivate to nourish our nervous system? Mm. Yeah, thanks for that question. I've been tumbling and dancing with that question myself a lot these past few weeks. Um, and really, what does it mean to move forward in a different way, to let ourselves be changed by this moment in a way that uh, helps us live into what we've been longing for, those of us that have been longing for that change? And for me, to orient toward my own nervous system, to orient toward my own living tissue um, in this time is really to deeply practice my capacity for presence as we're kind of being flooded with kind of endless amounts of information at this point and um, so many unknowns it's really easy um, especially in this western culture to to get ahead of ourselves or get behind ourselves in some way and not really stay present in the moment and so it feels like we're at a time collectively where we're really being asked to increase our capacity to be with what's actually occurring, what's actually occurring for the larger fabric as well as what's actually occurring for us as individuals. So our bodies, our nervous systems, they offer us all these cues to clue us into what is actually occurring um, before we kind of get swooped up in our stories and our um, uh, kind of habits of relating. We have this invitation of our bodies and our nervous systems to come back to what's actually occurring so we can operate from the current moment um, instead of whatever stories exist before us or after us. And there's so many different practices and every nervous system has its own baseline and has its own um, orientation to what's calming and what's enlivening. And at the same time, because we are shared species, there are regular practices that we can really deepen into um, to stay with the present moment. And it ranges from practicing these owl eyes and really taking in our wider view and practicing breath work in the different ways that that's available, um, as well as just actually speaking from our lived experience with, with those that we're in community with, to be able to say and track and name, oh, I'm feeling a lot of constriction in my chest after reading the news today. And being able to orient from that is what's actually occurring for me, is that I'm feeling really tight and it's feeling hard to breathe. Um, and being able to relate to one another on a bodily level that lets us stay rooted in, in the current moment uh, feels like a really big ask and also is incredibly possible. Um, 
as we kind of move forward through this through this massive change toward whatever lies on the other side. You know, what you shared about community feels especially potent right now um, because the need for community has never been so great, but it's also the kind of ways that we're engaging with our community are very different. And something I'd love to hear more about is how is how to cultivate that sense of community and continue to tend to our communities when we can't be in person. Because I know that for me, community is an act of it, being in community and physical community helps to regulate my nervous system and calm me and, and bring me back to equilibrium. And I know that's true for many in our community who are really uh, rooted in their social and natural ecosystems. And so how can we nourish our nervous systems and nourish our community in the absence of physical touch? Mm. Um, what does that look like right now? It's mm. such a, such a profound question right now. Um, and I definitely feel all of us finding our ways to that answer. Um, what you name about kind of co-regulating of nervous systems is a, is a true phenomenon, right? That when we're in uh, close contact, physical contact, uh, spatial contact with other beings, that we have the capacity to help self-regulate an entire system, whether that's a relational dynamic system um, or a larger collective system. We have that capacity to kind of all get in the same entrainment, all have the same kind of felt experience of, of uh, body in order to navigate something. And so now we're kind of in this place where we are having to actually feel all of the things that are inside of us, right? Without those direct mirrors really energetically working to help us co-regulate our systems. Um, and there's something really interesting about that. And intensely challenging, but also potentially really beautiful in really taking on um, individual um, responses to this moment by tracking and engaging and, you know, practicing regulating our own nervous systems um, from afar and being deeply inside of that practice for ourselves and using our deeper, deepening, deepening, excuse me, relationship with the living earth to really help us be inside that community felt sense of a space or a place or persons, um, helping us to regulate our system. But I feel as we, you know, are in this period of disconnect physically and energetically, um, in this way from each other, the deeper we go into self-regulating, the deeper we go into these practices, one, it changes the entire field um, from afar, but then as we reconnect, we're reconnecting from a different place. Um, we're reconnecting from a place of, of knowing how to be in our own bodies, and we're reconnecting um, from a different baseline so that as we operate together as community um, in more of a physical closeness, um, that the work of our nervous systems is concretized in some way. Of course, it's going to change and it's flexible and it, who knows what that moment of re reuniting with our communities is going to feel like. Um, but the opportunity there for us to honor our communities by taking this time to really get inside our systems and get clear on how we know what's occurring for us 
feels like a really big um, opportunity, challenge, and gift. Mm, I really, really love that. And and it's also nourishing, too, to imagine what it'll feel like when we can commune again with our communities. And holding that in my heart has really helped me get through some of the tougher moments. Mm-hmm. So you do a lot around body work and embodiment, which feels especially potent right now. There are many in the Loam community who have the privilege right now to stay at home. That's also meant there's a lot of, you know, a lot more time on their screens. Um, But there's many more who um, are on the front lines of this fight and are social workers and healthcare workers who do not have the option to self-quarantine and have had to really um, be in their bodies in a different way. And there are also many artists and educators and activists in our community whose livelihoods have been impacted by this and has taken them out of relationship to their body. And so what kind of practices might you offer to help those in our community get back into their body and begin to cultivate embodiment practices in a time when so much communication is transpiring on the screen? Mm -hmm. And when those of us who are in our bodies for work and have to put our bodies in the front lines in a really real and risky way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about, about all of the, those moving parts. Thanks for naming everyone as best we can. Um, checking in with my system and what I'm, what I'm feeling compelled to, the lead I'm feeling compelled to follow, I guess, right now, um, which feels risky for me, but um, is that one of the main feelings that I've been experiencing in my own system is how this particular crisis um, is, is a crisis of spirit. And when I think about it attacking our lungs and um, that process of inspiring, of inhaling, of bringing spirit in, through breath to actually come into our own vitality through breathing and feeling that part of the collective body feeling scared. Um, There's something about that that's helping me orient toward my body and being in my body as partly a spiritual practice as well as one that's really um, attempting to to weather this this transition as intact as possible. Um, and part of that is really taking into, um, into my body and into my practices, that kind of spiritual orientation. Um, I feel a lot of people are really kind of facing their mortality and there's kind of this existential opening available to us. And so to really deepen into our bodies, um, through our breath and through our livingness, through understanding that we're alive and animal um, feels really important to me right now. So just to name that as part of the context of how I'm orienting toward this. Um, And I think that there's these ways in which we can continue to check in with ourselves, continue to come home to our bodies in different ways that really are 
a wide range of, of commitment to those spiritual practices. I know that for me personally, now that I'm also working from home and have a lot more screen time than I've ever desired to have, you know, a lot of my practices include taking a break every 45 minutes to rub my hands together and place them over my eyes and take three deep breaths um, and take the screen away and feel myself come in contact with the internal world of my body. Um, it includes the orienting practice, which is a somatically oriented um trauma response practice that helps to stimulate the vagus nerve and regulate the nervous system, which is one that we touched on earlier, which is just opening my eyes, not looking at anything in particular and letting my head and eyes wander my space and just notice what I see, maybe even naming as I look around, plant, window, light, um, without attaching meaning to those things, but letting myself come back to the present moment. Um, I feel that those those are um, available to a lot of us, um, you know, or taking that time that as we're washing our hands, that that becomes a prayer um, where we offer our gratitude as we wash our hands for those good 20 seconds with the soap and the warm water um, to take a moment to just catch our breath and invite those around us to do the same if we find ourselves on big Zoom calls or, um, you know, preparing ourselves to engage with people in public, uh, to invite ourselves, invite those that we're with to say, hey, can we just take a breath together, right? Can we inspire our bodies together? Can we be here and anchored in that? And just the invitation with those kinds of practices to to remember that we can only... Um, incorporate so much. And so instead of really trying to bloom into really big practices and um, big hunks of our time where we're trying to really get into our bodies, if we instead just take those moments throughout the day that are small and take seconds to minutes that allow us to say, oh, right, my feet are on the ground. Oh, I can feel my seat in the chair. Oh, I can use my head and look around. Oh, I can breathe and take a breath. Um, the more that we do that, the easier I think it's going to be for our bodies to guide us on what is needed for our individual nervous systems. Um, it's a lot easier for me to rub my hands together and cover my eyes and then go back into what I was doing than say, okay, now I need to cut out an hour for some kind of movement practice. Um, I don't have the space for that personally. If you do, awesome. <laughs> and if you can do it, great. Um, and also, right, that if we start small, there's something nourishing about keeping us present in that. I really resonate with that. Thank you for sharing. It's so affirming to remember that our bodies are true guides and that connection with breath and connection to spirit can help us tap into what our bodies are wanting to teach us right now. So thank you for offering that. Before we close, I want to reflect right now on what we can do to meet this moment in a way that feels sustainable, um, spiritually and ecologically and socially sustainable. A big question that has been coming up in our community is, is around the fact that there is so much right now that needs nourishing and attention and love. And the scope of that can feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's incredible fear for the immunocompromised in our community, for the elderly, for our elders, for the undocumented, for the social workers and healthcare workers, uh, for those who are without their livelihoods, for those who are without homes. 
And it's overwhelming right now just how much and how many people need nourishment and attention and care. And I know sometimes um, I, I ha- I've been, you know, I have, I've wrestled with that because I don't know where to focus or how to channel my energy or what to do when, when so much needs needs nourishment. Mm-hmm. And so what can we do to continue to help and show up for community when we experience it overwhelm? Mm-hmm. How can how can we find ways to to focus our attention and to have compassion for our own limitations, but also still be vigilant about cultivating our capacity for care? Mm-hmm. Thanks for that question. I'm just checking in with my with myself for a moment before I let the answer come forth. Um, yeah, and what feels alive in me is that that what you named there, right? That we all are in that process of expanding our capacity and coming back to that idea that our bodies help us to stay present with what's actually occurring. And the moment that we start to feel overwhelmed, right, there's a really good somatic clue, whether it's tightening of our jaw or shortness of our breath, um, clamminess, whatever it might be, for your body in particular, that kind of clues you that, oh, I've gone, I've gone outside my capacity. This is, this is too much. Um, and the understanding that when we try to function outside of our capacity, we end up um, continuing to move beyond it. We end up further outside of our capacity. And so it's this really difficult um, but beautiful dance of saying, oh, there's my, uh, there's my edge approaching. It's actually going to be too much if I take in that much more information or I commit to that one extra thing right now. I actually feel that that's too much for me. And so instead of going forward through that, noticing those edges and letting ourselves stay there and letting ourselves stay inside of our own windows so that we can actually show up fully capable of engaging um, with each other. The thing that I feel in my system, and this is a personal thing, um, that I'm aware of is that when I feel in crisis, if I operate from the feeling of being in crisis, I tend to make more of a crisis out of something. Um, unintentionally, of course, and with the best hopes and prayers in mind, but I'm, I'm moving from a place that is not my actual um, ability. And so I like to think about the notion of responsibility, meaning that I'm going to show up for those that I can actually respond to. Um, I have the ability to stay inside of my window of tolerance um, in this certain circumstance, and so I can actually respond to it instead of moving beyond my actual ability and finding myself in reactionary behavior. And so there's that really beautiful possibility for us to really say, oh, what is my responsibility? Um What is my capacity for responding before I move into reaction? And letting ourselves know that so that we can operate both from within it and get to know its edges so that we can continue to expand it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that, Taylor. That just hit my heart so hard. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate it. Um, Thank you again for making the time to share today 
what you are doing um, in this world and for this world is so needed and so nourishing. So I'm really grateful to you for making this space and for extending these offerings to our Loam community. My absolute pleasure. And thank you again and everyone everyone that's doing their best. Um, and we're all yeah, we're all here and trying to figure this one out. And I'm really just appreciating you and, and the Loam community for, for kind of being um, right there at the forefront of how do we do this in a good way um, and just feeling so much deep gratitude that uh, I can sit rest assured that everybody's doing, actually doing their best um, in these times. And yeah, feeling a lot of gratitude to everyone for, for showing up however they can. Thank you again so much. Um, I want to thank Isaac Silk as well for being such a wonderful editor, especially during these times. Um, and to Isaac and Faith Harding for a beautiful intro music. And a big thank you to all of our listeners. It is so sweet to be in community with you now, especially during these hard times. Getting to talk with and learn from you all has been a tremendous gift. So thank you and continue to take good care of your hearts and your homes. And if I can invite everybody, maybe just take a big breath in and a full breath out. <sighs> I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was just the what, just what I needed. <laughs> All right. Be well, everyone. <laughs>